Welcome back, listeners. <laughs> Do you know what that song was? I don't. You know who will know who that song was? Who? Kathy Cry. Kathy Cry. Because it's from our time. Oh, I see. Our time. A little early for me. What do you mean, our time? I don't I mean, feel were like you either born you in the 80s? Yes. How old were you when the song came out? Oh, you weren't alive. Well, I don't know what song it was, it's so how could Devil I know? Inside by In Excess. Oh, okay. I like In Excess. Okay, great. So they also did Disappear. They did some really good songs. You know the song? Devil Inside. Devil Inside. Everybody's got a devil inside. That seems true. Okay, anyways, Taylor, welcome back. Thanks. Boy, do we got a lot to talk about in the pop culture sports world roundup. So much to talk about. All right, here's a question. Okay. Have you seen these tweets? These I've pictures, seen many tweets. These graphics of Met Gala memes? Yeah. Where one person's wearing like all black, is that right? That's Kim Kardashian. Okay. What what is this Met Gala thing? And what I didn't get the Ooh, joke. The Met Gala. <laughs> Uh, what a great question. I don't exactly know what the Met Gala is. It's a fundraiser. So, like, every table is sold for, like, $250,000 oh, or something like that. We definitely should have gone. They for- definitely should have invited us. Um, so, uh, the Met Gala is a fundraiser for um, Okay, so she's, like, got on a wonder cape here, and she's all in black. Yes. Uh-huh. She can presumably see through this mask. I guess so. There's a certain picture that's been a meme, though. Who's she standing next to? Her sister, Kendall. Okay. So say more now. Oh, uh, and there's like, it's a big deal. Like, um, there's always a theme. And so people are supposed to dress up to kind of meet the theme. But also it's like a real fashion moment. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, the theme this year was like America or American fashion. A lot of people sort of seem to agree that it was not a good theme, and also, the, well, or maybe just that. What it, was the theme? Did you say? Um, like American fashion. Why? Okay, now right. I'm looking at the Jenner and Kardashian picture. First of all, is Kendall Jenner that much taller than Kim Kardashian? Well, Kendall Jenner, Kendall Jenner is a runway model, so she is a very tall person. Yes. You know, we should do an episode just on the the Kardashians. Yeah, I don't understand this. Okay. Which one's a billionaire because of makeup? They're all billionaires now. Um, they're all millionaires now. Um. Uh, Kim sells makeup, but the one who got the most money, I think, out of selling makeup is probably Kylie, the youngest one. So she's a Jenner, though. Kylie Jenner, yes. And then she's got a sister named Kendall. Kendall. And Kendall's a runway model? Kendall is a runway model. And they have a different last name than the Kardashians. Yes, so Kendall and Kylie, yes. Kim, Kylie? No, Chloe, Kim, Courtney. What is Courtney (laughs) This is so embarrassing that I know all of this. What's Courtney do? What's... Her. Actually, it's a constant criticism from the family that they feel like Courtney doesn't really like do enough. She they say that to she her. She doesn't like hustle enough. Yeah, she has. She went to SMU for a year, um, and then she has kids. She's like a pretty attentive mother. So she has a normal life. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. Well, <laughs> sort of, and also she, um, she had a couple of stores. Her and Chloe owned. I think they still do, now, called do, Dash. Is it the sort of deal where a, a Jenner Kardashian... I'm not prepared for this, but okay. ...just opens up a whatever, like a makeup line or a store, and it d- goes bonkers because it's the Jenner Kardashians? Sort of. You know who gets in trouble the most, which is interesting because I think she seems like a nice person, um, is Kendall. She, the runway model. The runway model. Gets in trouble. Yes. Well, she... She's um, dressed in this 
Met Gala felt a little bit like Arabian Nights, I would say. Well, she that's often she's often getting sort of critiqued for. Which I guess like cultural appropriation. Um. Well, she did that Pepsi commercial. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. she's, now, people are always kind of being like, "This is so bad," and Kendall. I don't know. I feel like more often than the other sisters, she is the one in the middle of it. Kim Kardashian. Uh huh. For in my head is the most famous of them. Yeah. I'm working my way through a David Letterman interview. Okay. He, you know he has that. Netflix special of mine actually which mm-hmm. he that's a whole other thing his guest selection but anyways okay. um, she seems to be the most famous to me she I do think is the most famous and was the first to be famous that, okay that's it and is it because she got married to people is it because she had a makeup line or how'd she get famous first what Josh why are you doing this to me well I'm like um, I'm realizing well, I've never taken the plunge well, on the him thing. And I don't she understand. had a sex tape that's why she got famous first oh I'm sorry so it's okay that's really how she got famous? Yeah. But like, okay, so there are all kinds of sex tapes in the world yeah. that don't make people famous. Truly. Why did hers tip sure. to borrow Malcolm Gladwell? What a great question. Um, it I can't, why I don't know why I can't remember the like artist it was with. It was with, with a musical artist. Oh, another famous person. Another famous person. Now, do you think they released that on purpose? Kind of like, oh, oh, no accident. This got out. But it'll make us famous. Maybe. Yeah. Neither of them... I well, neither of them seemed super upset that it happened, and then well, because of that, okay, they got the show, the reality TV. Like she got some fame. So all these other Kardashian Jenners owe their fame to Kim. In many ways, yes, but you know they were already kind of a famous family. Because Dad Jenner, now Caitlyn, yes, um, was at uh, an Olympian, Olympian gold medalist in the triath biathlon. Yes, and also. Um, Kardashian dad was a lawyer in the O.J. Simpson case and like was friends in that crew okay. of So they're people. big time L.A. people in the right. own right. Yeah, that definitely. That to get famous. Now, who, yeah, okay, re- listeners, um, the mics came unplugged, but we're, I don't know what we kept talking about the so we may repeat some things, but I'm just fascinated by the Kardashian Jenners now. Great. So re- in review. Yeah. Mom Kardashian married an O.J. lawyer. And uh-huh. uh, uh, Olympian gold medals. I think Robert is his name. Robert Kardashian. Okay. Okay. He passed away. Um, oldest daughter did a sex tape and a makeup line, product line, TV show, blew it up. I would say. Also, she, she married Jay-Z. No, she married. Um, Kanye West. Kanye West, right? Well, yes, but that was her most recent marriage. She's been she married. She also has been married to Chris Humphreys. She's married to Chris Humphreys. The basketball player. Um, yeah, the basketball player. Okay. Um, so I would say she clearly wanted to be famous. She was Paris Hilton's like assistant for a while. Oh, that's interesting because you said her name like, yeah, she's like a Paris Hilton famous. Yes. Right. Yeah. Very. So she Would you call that a lifestyle person, brand person? Paris Hilton? Well, that kind of existence. Um. Like I'm famous for being famous and having products I promote. Yeah. It's sort of like pre-influencer type thing. Like it's like. What it what you used to have to do to be an influencer was like well, already be famous. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I remember that Fire Festival documentary that came out on oh, actually my gosh. Hulu, and one of the things was is they their marketing idea was to get certain people to tweet about it or Instagram it. At the yeah, same, and one of the big ones was that Kendall Jenner. Yeah. Okay, so Kim is that. Courtney, well, and she does have a bunch of like, um, you know, she's would say she's a really hardworking entrepreneur. Yeah. We talked, I think, in the part that broke off, off about how she is really intelligent. Yeah. She wants to sit the bar in California because you don't have to go to law school. So she's been studying with private tutors. 
And also that I think she might have already sat the bar and not passed it. So, but that happens to people all the time. Um, but um, she has like a shapewear line. She has a makeup line. She has um, all sorts of other things. I think. Okay. And then general, and then I would assume that a lot of her income comes from like events and just show, showing up places. Oh, gosh, what a great life. I would love that. Truly. Okay, um, now I'm going to just go through them rapidly. Oh, wait. Kim is actually the second oldest. Courtney's the oldest. Okay, I so forgot. Courtney is the oldest. Yeah. And we would identify her as the family slacker who has the closest thing to a normal life. Yes, I okay. do think so. Except she kind of doesn't. Right now she's dating the guy from Blink-182, the drummer. Travis Barker? Yes. Okay. And they hang out all the time with... Um, that girl whose first name is Megan and I can't think of her last Megan name. Megan Fox? Yeah, yep. Megan Fox. Okay. I was about to say she's like so pretty. Oh. And um, her boyfriend, Machine Gun Kelly, is his name. Or oh. his like stage is name. Is that what his, their parents named him? Was Machine Gun Kelly? No. he. She calls him his normal name. Okay. I can't think of it. She was in the uh, Transformer movies, which I never saw. Megan but I've been Kelly. prompted to oh. see because I went to Universal Studios and they have a Transformer ride. I I saw those movies. We'll talk about Michael Bay in a different episode. Okay. I heard he created a Transformer heaven. Where? In, in like the movies, like the second one. I don't know if that's true. Okay, let's keep oh, going. Okay. Courtney Kim. There's another Kardashian, right? One more. Chloe. Chloe is a. Uh, what's she famous for? Well, she's famous for being a Kardashian. Yeah. She has had a very. Um, Which one was married to Meta World Peace? Mar- Ron Artest? Yeah. I don't think any of them. Oh, are not him. Uh, Lamar Odom. Her. Her. Chloe. Chloe loves to date NBA um, players. Okay. Uh, she has had a very sort of uh, noticeable, transformative, like, she lost a bunch of weight. She, like, has hosted, like, I think TV shows about, like, okay. losing weight, stuff like that. And then now uh, the genders are Kendall and Kylie. The genders, yes. Genders. Kendall is the oldest The makeup Jenner. billionaire. No, that's Kylie. And Kylie. Kylie's the younger one. She has a baby. Oh, so and... the youngest one's the richest one. It's um, the blessing of Joseph and Benjamin on her life. Well, I don't know that she's the, the richest one. Oh, billion dollar makeup deal? Yeah, but they like, all have things like no, that. No, but I think she like was the first... She was notable. Like I think she's the richest. She's the first. I don't. I don't think so. What Alexa, which of the no Siri, <laughs> right? Oh, That's my well Alexa. See. Oh. Alexa, which of the Kardashians is the wealthiest? Of the Kardashians Kim. Good lord, mm-hmm. she's worth a billion dollars too. How do I got to get there? Uh, do you want to? Um, well, I wouldn't do a sex tape, but I would do a lot of things for that much money. To be a billionaire? Oh, yeah. We've talked about this so much. I know. It is ethically irresponsible. Well, I'll give it all away, but let me get there first. Okay. I feel all fine right. about that. Um, so anyways, and then that, that's a family wrap there. Well, technically, there's Rob, who's the brother. Oh, yeah, but... there's a Rob. Rob Kardashian. What's yeah. he do? I don't know. He so sort of is he fell maybe out the, at some point. Maybe he wanted out. Maybe he's the Harry of the royal family. Of maybe. Oh, wow. What a thought. Um, they all have a bunch of kids now, too. That's good. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, well, thanks for the brief. I feel like I kind of got a handle on them finally. Wow. That was not in the notes. No. I don't even get We did not that. set out to do this. Oh, here's a question for you. Okay. Now, as I am on my own feminist journey and learning one of the, the things we do, and I came across this in Proverbs, is pit women against each other. Sure. That being said, do you think that the feminist critique is thinking that um, the Kardashian-Jenners are helping liberate women, or are they propagating images that are harmful about women? I don't know that they have to be doing either of those things. I think they're just existing in the world. So that would be the, the good answer, right? Um, Let's not make I mean, I don't know that I want, like, that if I had a daughter, I would be like, you should be like them. But I, <laughs> I wouldn't be like, they are bad. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like... Okay. They exist in the world. How do we get on that? I truly don't remember. Oh, I asked about the Met Gala memes. That's oh, yeah, the Met Gala memes. Okay, so that was just the, the two of them showed up and they had obnoxious costumes on. Yes. And that, I mean, I shouldn't say that. Maybe those were very meaningful textile choices for some people. I don't think so, but yeah, there seemed to be a lot of, not criticism, but people did not understand Kim's costume. I didn't. I thought, it, other than she, for those that don't know, her head is completely covered. I mean, completely covered. Yeah, so like her need, whole face. She didn't need a face mask because she. That's true. Yeah, she was. Or like, she, I wonder if she got professional makeup done or if she just kind of was like. Oh, and she didn't have a mask. It was just paint. Yeah. Okay. Paint? I bet you would have seen her eyes, though. The whites of her eyes. Yeah. No, I don't think it was paint. I think it was like a... But like, if she didn't have to reveal her face to anyone, did she need to put makeup on? Oh, I see. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the statement is, I don't need makeup. I don't know what the statement is, but just like... All right. Hey, you know what happened? What? This, I didn't know until two or three days that Norm MacDonald died. I know. Did you like him? Um, I don't know. You know, he was a Weekend Update host for a long time. I do love Weekend Update. I thought he was pretty good. Good. I I saw. I have. He's just one of those people that like. I definitely know yeah. who he is, but only in like a vague kind of way. You know what I yeah. mean? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I uh, I don't know what it is. It's probably something with my repressed three thing. Okay. But I, for some reason, when comedians are um, tender or serious, uh-huh. though, that's really poignant to me really sticks out. Yeah. So um, in Letterman's last week of television when he had a show, and you know, Dave's my favorite, uh-huh. um, Norm MacDonald um, did a, a set and at the end he made a really tender comment to Dave and like kind of broke down a little bit. That's so nice. And uh, it was it was just so rare to, to see what that compassion does with two human yeah. beings. Yeah. Comedians who... Kind of make their living, presumably, uh, living above that. Mm-hmm. Right. I liked him. I can't say that like I can point to this skit or movie he did. And right, think, a particular thing. But good human being. He was part of that very formative era of SNL for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Wait, I have a question about comedians while we're here. Yeah. Um, have you? Do you know about all of this John Mulaney stuff? I know he's the horse in the hospital guy. He is. That's true. I know he's a three, we think. Yeah. And I know he's gotten a little trouble lately, right? Yeah. For what again? Um, well, uh, basically, he he was in rehab last... For the, the drugs end of last year. For the drugs, yeah. Okay. I, it's, it seems to be he will admit that it is something like cocaine that is an issue for him. Okay. Um, 
and he when he got out of rehab he almost immediately divorced his wife oh and began a relationship with olivia munn oh you know who she used to date Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. In a in a pretty um dramatic fashion, it seems. Also, um, I I guess I just know that because his brother was on The Bachelor. Hold on. Okay. Okay, it paused because they asked me if I wanted to use my AirPods. I don't know why. Keep going. John okay. Mulaney. I love you, man. Oh, John Mulaney. And so, he, and then, um. It seems to be that there was either a miscommunication or, like, he kind of would say, I don't want kids. And it now seems for sure that his former wife did not want kids. But um, now Olivia Munn is pregnant, and he's, like, very excited about it. She's pregnant? Olivia Munn, yes. And she's going to carry the baby? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. All right. They're, like, together or whatever. And so... Um, it's also just his ex-wife has been sort of very present online mm-hmm. as far as like um, making sort of veiled comments and critiques of like him. So it's just been very dramatic. I guess I haven't been paying attention at all. Well, I don't know that this has been like the most viral news to go around. But you kind of like John Mulaney, though, don't you? I, uh, I pay attention to comedians some, yeah. Okay. And I think I really talking about comedians who are compassionate and stuff like that. I don't think John Mulaney is, but I think Seth Meyers is compassionate. Um, yeah, and he is really good friends with John Mulaney. Huh? Have you ever watched the Seth Meyers show? No, I can't stay up late. You know. Yeah. And for whatever reason, like in the late two thousand tens, early teens, uh-huh. I feel like the Daily Show and the Colbert Report. Their clips would be in Facebook so much that I felt like I was keeping up with the show. Yeah. Now that doesn't happen anymore. TV show clips aren't on social media outlets as much. Yes. They're on Twitter, I think, but not Facebook. Okay. Like John Oliver Tonight or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't ever see anything from him or Trevor Noah anymore. Yeah. So. I think I follow the Seth Meyers show on Twitter. So okay. Maybe that, that's That's why. probably what I need to do. Yeah. So. Good. I will, I will maybe get to one point in my life where I can stay up past 10.30 again because I really loved Letterman and I would love to watch Colbert. Really? 10.30? Yeah, just what am I going to do after that? I can't really concentrate. Right, yeah. Once you're tired, you're tired. So I just right. got to go to bed. Yeah, I get it. Um, anyhow, well, John Mulaney, I'll, I'll look that up, I guess. John Mulaney. Okay. Um, I have a confession. Okay. I lied about Dave and Jen. Schwimmer and Jen Aniston. Oh, I, it wasn't true? No, the, the rumors were true. That oh. I had fought her was not mistaken. Okay. Uh, allegedly, though, truthfully, not allegedly, David Schwimmer's agent put out those rumors. Like, oh, no, my gosh, the drama. Why? To make him more famous, I guess? Well, I don't know why. I mean, as you indicated, I think it's a bigger leap for David Schwimmer to be dating her than vice versa. Yeah. I so I don't know true. why putting it out would, you know what I mean? You'd want to let those fester if that was the case. Yeah. If you were him. But um, I just needed to clear the record because they, yeah. they cleared the record. That is such a bummer. I wish they were dating. Well, I think I might just keep pretending that they are all in, right. my, in my brain. Okay. Also, the other thing I looked up after our, it's kind of like a fact check from last show, was the Olympic <laughs> champions. Uh, the yeah. reason I had trouble recalling 2000 
uh-huh. in um, 96 was because they were not Americans. Oh. Uh, maybe you'll know Lilia. This is the all-around women's gymnastic champion from 96 in Atlanta was Lilia Parakara. Okay. Nope. I'm and then um, in 2000, when they were in, where were they? 2004 was a little... Sydney. Yeah. Lil, no, Andrea Radukan. Radukan. Oh. Uh, two, 90, 2004 was an American. It was Carly Patterson. And I didn't say her name. Oh. So, 96, the women won the championship. The group. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess none of them. I thought Shannon Miller had won all around or something. 96. Yeah. Wait, when did you say Carly Patterson won? Carly Patterson won in 04. Oh, that was Sydney, right? That was Athens, Greece. I thought 2000 was Athens, Greece. That was Sydney, Australia. Oh, that's weird. 96 was Atlanta. Okay, yeah. That, that, that'll I rem- be another quiz is you'll have me. Where? Yeah, I'll name for you where the things were. Um, I remember 96 because I had friends who live in Atlanta and they, yeah. got, they got to go. I remember 96 vividly too. I and you know what I want to watch that just dynamite documentary on the 90s on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I'd forgotten about was the bomb scare in Atlanta. And the guy that got blamed for it that didn't do it. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And I do remember a documentary coming out about him, like, recently. Yeah. Yeah, there was a movie about him. Yeah. That's been made. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for letting me correct that. Obviously, Mary Lou Retton in 1984 was the first kind of U.S. gymnast to get on the map. Right. Hey, did you know um, that A.D. Bryant has an Old Navy commercial? Uh, yeah. I just I saw that. This is actually all this stuff coming up is my theater experience I recently had. I love A.D. Bryant. What do you mean theater? Uh, I went to the theater, the movie theater. Oh, oh, the movie theater, yes. With Roy. Woodnell's birthday was go see Ten Rings. Ah, and love so it. And so I went along. And, um, yeah, so I saw an old Navy commercial. I wanted you to know. I thought you'd like it. I love A.D. Bryant. I love that commercial. Okay, Ten Rings. Okay, Are I... you going to invest in the new Marvel movies? Are you going to do it? Yes. Okay. Did you I've see Ten Rings? I've seen all of them except for Ten Rings. Did you see Black Widow? Is that it? Mm-hmm. That's a newer one, right? Yeah, it came out over the summer, I didn't I see that one yet. I'm going to okay. wait till that's on the television. It is really good. Okay. I think you'll like it. Um, there, there's a, you know how they do the connections, which is one of my favorite part of the Marvel movies at the that end? That they're all kind that of, Hulk yeah. Hulk and Captain Marvel show up. Oh. At the end of Ten Rings. I don't, maybe I shouldn't have just spoiled that for you. I'm sorry. It's okay. I am not much for like, I don't get bothered by spoilers. I just I like know. to know that there's going to be some continuity between my past Marvel experiences and the future of Marvel. Yeah. Well, there is. We're starting the fourth season or whatever they There's actually, it. when you see it, we'll talk about those. There's some really cool tie-ins that I don't think were planned, but they retrospectively found a way to... Put in. I thought we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, also, Ten Rings. There's yeah. this choreography of fighting. Yeah. And it, I think it's almost like dancing, and I thought it was really beautiful. Oh, cool. So you have to give me your feedback on that, too. Okay. So I'm see excited. Ten Rings. I will see it. All right. Now let's talk about previews. Okay. Okay. Like one, before movies? Yeah. Okay. Like one of the previews you probably have seen is for a movie called The Eternals. This is also Marvel. Yes, I'm actually very excited. Well, the, the lineup, the Selma Hayek's in there. Yes, um, yeah. Rob Stark from Game of Thrones and is in there. John. Um, and, uh, wait, John who? Jon Snow. He's in it? Yeah. The Eternals? Yeah. And Rob Stark? Yeah. And you also have, um, did I see, 
What's Brad Pitt's former lover name? <laughs> Angelina Jolie. Is she in there? I do think she's in there. I mean, wow, they broke the budget for this. I know. But here's my question about the Eternals. Uh-huh. So um, this was apparent to me even in Endgame. Right. Is you're reaching for deeper and deeper, more meta levels. Yeah. In power and in story arc. And I don't know how long you can sustain it. Like, I, I Googled one time most powerful Marvel figures uh-huh. to kind of see, you know, I think this is after Captain Marvel came out, and she's obviously, like, the toughest one. Right. But I'm like, what's the, like, the lair? And there's, like, a god figure. But I'm like, we're getting close here <laughs> with the Eternals. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I listened to a podcast about Marvel, and they talked about there's like a bunch of different levels of how they, but also it's like there are so many stories to work in. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, and they're doing this like you know there's gonna be a Spider-Man No Way Home I think it's called. Right. So you can keep telling individual stories with like minor villains. I think there's a Venom movie coming out. I yes. I'm not as interested in. There's also, but also it's like so the X-Men you know and yeah. the Marvel characters are all tied there. together and and the Fantastic Four or whatever like See, and I just don't want to get into all those things. Um well, I think it seems that Kevin Feige has a plan. Do you know That's what I mean? That's probably the most important thing. Is somebody's got to have a plan. Yeah, and okay. it's not just like a, Have you watched any of the shows? You guys have Disney Plus. I watched right? uh, Loki this summer. You that did. Was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to do WandaVision next. Yeah, WandaVision is. Those, I think those are the two best ones. I really liked uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but it was. Probably the least well-received out well, of Marvel. Well, and I'm, I don't watch Marvel movies to see bombs blow up and people fight. Like, I don't care Right, which is like WandaVision and Loki are not that. Right, those are philosophical in ways right. that I was interested in. Yes. Yeah, WandaVision, I think, is yes, is also pretty philosophical. Okay, so. that's put that on my list. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, um, the other thing is that... Um, okay, so the Dear Evan Hansen thing came up. Right. And this prompt, because I don't know that story even. Okay, it's an insane story. But, but I, I, I gleaned the story, which prompted this thought I had because Roy was there with his six friends. Watching and, Dear Evan Hansen? No, watching Ten Rings. Oh, and the this trailer. Is so I was thinking about this question because they were there. Uh-huh. Like this group of friends he has is magical. Right, yeah, I've like heard you I, say I would, that. I would put it above my own friendships. I, 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 the other three kids, I know their friends. He, they don't have something like he has. Right. Okay. This group of kids have known each other since their kindergarten. They, yeah. They're really tight. It's very cool. Yeah. They so, sort of all have grown yeah. up together and, and stayed together and been friends and yes and do a lot of things together, but also have other yeah. So interests. Um. Then my question is this. Okay. Like. They're all very kind too, right? Like if I that's were that's part say, of it, right? They're yeah. great kids. But um, I was thinking, okay, they have this thing, and I'm watching the Evan Hansen preview, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking a really important thing I want our kids to see and to to be is like inclusive of the outsider, right? But I've also, and I think about this in church a lot, how um, introducing a dynamic or forcing a friendship can really ruin a group. Yeah. And obviously the solution to this can there can be like times, like times he's reaches out and but I was just thinking like that's tough. Like how do you coach people to bring others in when that bringing the other in is going to change 
like the really great thing they have, you know? Yeah. This is all like nine months. It's not like they're like don't want to hang out with people. It's not a problem. I'm just wondering. You're just thinking about it. Because I was thinking about Dear Evan Hansen. And what I gleaned from the thing is like it was this compassionate reaching out that of a friendship. Maybe I'm off. No, no. <laughs> no, no. The movie's insane. I'll tell you more about it later. But or the the story is insane from the show. Yeah. Um No, it's kind of like nobody has friends. Um but I think that is a reasonable thing to be thinking. I mean, I, I uh, that's a dynamic I feel like I understand and am familiar with. Like, how do you... What does it mean? Well, I think about with church small groups. Yeah. Because we have some really great groups and it's like, okay, here's a person that's kind of hard to be around. If we, if we add them to this group, it might change their really great thing and is that fair to them right probably not but the church is a place that's got to accept everybody right that's i mean i believe that right so how do you do that yeah i don't know what a great question i do think it's like i wish i had the answer to that and and also it's like you know mostly my experience is like um sort of in short-term situations. Do you know what I mean? I think it gets more complicated at home and when kids are hanging out, like, sort of on their own. Yeah. Because, like, you know, on Sunday mornings, I feel comfortable to be like, no, we have to be nice to every single person who's here. Right. Right, you know what I mean? Or, like, even at kids' camp, it's like, I feel like our kids always do a great job of, like, you, you know, there are people who are closer. There are kids that are closer, that are neighbors or live near each other, that have known each other a long time. But everybody always does a good job of, like, making sure everyone feels invited. But in your, like, own sort of social free time, it's, like, it just is natural that there are people that you feel more drawn to yeah. and more, like, that you want to spend your time well, with. Well, isn't the difficulty that it's in those relationships where the real transformation happens? Mm-hmm. And how do you... But those, like, are built on trust and uh-huh. intangibles and, you know, I would use a theological word, perichoresis, mutual indwelling. Right. And you can't force that. Right. You can't offer that to the people for whom it's not a natural... Fit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it means... But I do think it means, like, like maybe going out of your way in other moments. Do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. it's like, you do, no matter what, how good of a friend group you have, it's like, you could still make time on a Friday night to go to a movie with someone who doesn't have a great friend group. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So maybe it's not so much a forced into the group, but, like, an individual choice to, like, sometimes... Make space yeah. for, for and be inclusive for somebody who like doesn't but to like have what end? to help them develop. Like you know, what I mean, or just do we give enough inclusive moments to the EGRs that eventually they feel satisfied? Or did you say the EGRs? Yeah. What does that mean? Extra grace required. Extra grace required. Um, I think a thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is. Well, it's sort of like a twofold thing. I've been thinking a lot about humility. I've been thinking a lot about um, the fact that, like, every person we meet tells us something about who God is because we're all created in the image of God. Mm. And so I do think it's like that. Like, it's, um, I mean, for me anyways, maybe it's different for, like, every person. You have to decide why you do that or what is compelling you to, like, maybe 
do do you know sort of extend some time to someone who you don't actually like love being with but it's like or not even just that you don't love being with but like they don't fit into your group like you can really only hang out one-on-one or whatever um but to me it's like the thing about that is like just because someone's not socially the coolest person doesn't mean that they that i'm I, I'm not the coolest person also, but it doesn't mean that, like, being with them should be a burden. Do you well, know what I mean? I mean, let me name this dynamic. Uh-huh. Like, there may be a person I consider EGR, mm-hmm. but, like, with their group of quirky people, yeah, I could be the EGR person to them. Right. For sure, yeah. So I think it's, like, that's the humility piece of, like, knowing that, like, but also it's, like, maybe there's nobody, you know, in another town they'd have hundred friends but in this particular yeah. context they haven't found their people or whatever yeah. and so to remember that and to remember like this is a person who can teach me things just because they ex- there are a person do you know what I mean yeah. like and then to just be like and I'm going to be with them because I know they I, we all want community and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm supposed to include everyone and I can do that like I don't you know and to remember like it's not because I'm this isn't some sort of like favor I'm doing, yeah. but okay. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay. No, I'm 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 sorry. That's my okay. You like the tracking? Thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what I've been thinking about a lot lately. That's... And also, it's like I think sometimes everything requires like more imagination than I think we give it. Sometimes, do you know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. sometimes it is like I guess I'll just like push this kid into. Uh, this friend group but it's like yeah that can ruin things so like what could you do that doesn't ruin things you know what i mean yeah can i tell you one of my thoughts about this yeah i wonder if part of a good i think well discipleship part of good discipleship part of good ecclesiology is being creating a culture where we have hard conversations with each other Mm -hmm. that there's enough love and trust for that to happen Uh uh-huh and I don't think that's in place in most churches slash relationships in the world. And what do you what what do you mean here about that? Yeah. So here? an EGR person, and again, I want to be recognized. I'm the EGR person for like, some people. I think sure. part of the problem is we don't value honest feedback enough as a form of love mm-hmm. to have that be part of the relationship that can help redeem and bring people along. Uh huh. What and I, what do you can you flesh that out for me? Yeah, so like let's say EGR person's here, right? And they keep interrupting everybody, and that's uh-huh. part of the reason nobody likes being around, right? Like, ideally, somebody would be able to say, Hey, I don't know if you realize this about yourself, but you interrupt everybody, right? And then they wouldn't get offended, right? They would practice it and it would come better. Yeah, it's kind of hard because, right, it, it takes having that relationship, yeah. To be able to hear that criticism and not get, like, upset about it. Do you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. I don't know, like I said, many pockets of subculture, that, church or that otherwise, have that, that. that have it. I know. And, um, but it also takes, like, on both sides. Like, yeah. someone has to be able to hear it. And someone has to be giving it to someone in a way that's, like, out of love. And because they're, like, I would like to see, you know, like. Yeah. I think if you stop doing that, you could maybe thrive socially in a way that you aren't right yeah. now. 
and not like this person gets on my nerves and I just have to tell them that they have to stop interrupting people. Yeah. Do you know what Speak I mean? Speak the truth in love. Right. The yeah. in love part is hard. Yeah, right. Most people, by the time they get to where they feel like they need to say something, aren't in love. They're already mad, (laughs) right? They're not in love anymore. Okay, next thing, Taylor. Okay, let's talk about the next thing. You said to me two weeks ago. Okay. That I say cancel culture like a boomer. I did say that to you. Did I say that on the podcast? (laughs) I don't think so, did you? Okay, I don't think so, no. Let's, Let's go there. Okay, let's go there. Say what you mean. I, that's what I mean. I said the way you say so, it and the way you use it makes you sound like a boomer. And Like you I should, don't understand what it is or like I don't, you don't like it. Like you don't understand what it is and like you think it's just the younger folks overreacting and like there's no sense of accountability. Like that you don't understand that it's like a thing that can hold people accountable for like. I know that you don't think that. Like I know that you know. Okay. But like so when you not, when you say it, it just sounds this like that. Be, is this a question about me being perceived or me having an attitude? So you answer that. It's about me being perceived. Mm-hmm. So you're going. This came after I said Taylor and I have a podcast. It was a sermon. It was at the beginning. Okay. I said one of the things we talk about is cancel culture. No, it didn't come after that. Yeah, it did. I uh, well, I know it came after that, but I think it was two weeks earlier. You'd said cancel you said something like, "I don't want to get canceled," like from the in the pulpit, and I was like, "What is he doing?" Because I know that you know that cancel culture is like, I mean, we don't exactly agree, you know, yeah. right? But like, I <laughs> wait, imitate me again. No, <laughs> do it again. I don't uh, want to get canceled. I don't want to get canceled. I don't. I don't know that I was doing. I think what I was doing was an imitation of a baby boomer saying things like that, no, and not an imitation of you. No, I. I think. Um, I think I do have some lingering attitudes that were unveiled in that about posture cancel culture. Yeah. Yeah, but I know that like. We've talked about it before, yeah, right? We, they can go look at it, listen to the episodes. Listen to episodes. And so I know that like you that you have some like uh like I said, we that we don't exactly agree. That I am like probably more often than not this is necessary or helpful and you kind of feel like people have a tendency to like is this are we using the idea of someone sort of like being canceled or facing like um, financial or like social repercussion for a behavior like are we using that in a responsible way or are we just like canceling anybody who does one thing wrong um, which I think is a reasonable critique or whatever but I know that you don't think there's like no reason that somebody should be, get canceled or that somebody should be sort of like we should not be yeah. consuming what they put out because it seems like they have some dangerous attitudes or da 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 It's funny to me that I I was uh, boomerish in my cancel culture voice. You were. You were. <laughs> now I want to hear the sermon where I said it. I can't. Did I say, like, it, don't, don't blog about me or don't tweet or did I say, don't cancel me? No, you said canceled. Um, I wonder what I was talking about that I was afraid to get canceled. I know because I feel like actually like you've talked about much more controversial things in the weeks since then huh. or whatever. All right. Well, I'll be more aware. You didn't um you didn't know that Did you I, were saying it? Um or you just were like I don't know. It depends if it was on my paper or not. Sometimes I say verbatim what's on my paper and yeah. sometimes I don't. Sometimes yeah. I riff based on a trajectory. But that sounds like an offhand comment to me. I don't I wish I could remember the exact context. 
Well, but it just was like, no, but I remember it wasn't the one you said, like me and Taylor have talked about cancel culture because that's like a a normal thing to say. Um, but it, yeah, it was some sort of thing. It made you sound like, I think I'm okay being characterized as a a boomer Gen Xer. Well, I know you're okay with that. Um, but, but also I feel like you, that wasn't, and I know you play a thing sometimes, you know what I mean? (laughs) But I know that's also not exactly if you think about it and are your whole nuanced self. I do have this weird thing where I like to be misunderstood. Yeah. But but I feel like you saying cancel culture like that. The reason I brought it up, I think, is I think it could make some people feel unsafe in our church. Yeah, like oh, this is a place where they make fun of cancel culture. That's important. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's why I bring brought it up. I think. Um, Okay. Last thing I have on the agenda before we go to quizzes and break. Okay. Were you not done with that? You're laughing at me. No, no. It's just funny that you brought it up on the podcast. Okay. Um, Is BU football. Okay. It was great. Here's I the thing know. about this team. This team, I think, will go eight and four. Okay. They are. Who do good. you think they lose to? I think they lose to Oklahoma State this week. Ah, uh, it's doable though. Every game is doable. Yeah. Um, I think that they lose to BYU. I think BYU is good, but they could win. Right. Here's the thing. No, no, I'm not. Yeah. The the, like Kansas State, West Virginia, Texas, not Texas Tech. Oklahoma for sure, BYU. These are all teams that can beat Baylor and that Baylor can beat. Right. I just think on average they win or lose. You know what I th- – right. Four and four for me. Right, exactly. What were you going to say? Keep going. So my point about this team, though, is I feel like they are disciplined. Uh, yeah. And they won that game because they made hard plays and they did the right things. Now, they made mistakes too, but – Yeah. Um, like just small things that if, if it's a third down and you don't execute, you don't get that drive, you don't score. That yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, to win on the road at Kansas, I know Kansas is not good, but to win on the road yeah. in the Big 12 is hard. Yeah. And to beat a team like this and hold on to the lead mm-hmm. is a hard thing to do. When they were really making a comeback. Yeah. Um, so uh, kudos to this Baylor team. Congratulations well, to Coach and Dave you know Aranda. What? I, think I, I think what I'm learning is that I really like Dave Aranda. Like, I think he is a good coach, and I think they are so disciplined because I think that's part of his, like yeah. – Vibe. If is, they go eight and four after going two and ten, mm-hmm. what a dynamite turnaround for this. Yeah, guy. absolutely. And he does just like. Also, Gary Bohannon has exceeded my expectations. Oh my gosh! Also, I feel like he's been around for a decade and a half. Yeah. Like, well, did you see that? Um, Charlie Brewer left Utah already and has uh, his red shirt. You're still available. <laughs> no, I did not see that. Yeah, he left after their third game. I think they lost to BYU. Oh. But, I, uh, I kind of wonder what the story was there, why he left Baylor. Uh, I do know that a lot of Baylor fans were being straight up mean to him on the internet. Huh. I think like even like sort of gross, like death threaty type things. Ugh. I know. Baylor fans can truly be the worst. Like Baylor fans who went to Baylor can truly be the worst sometimes. And it just was strange. He, I, I, whatever. I really liked Charlie Brewer, but I'm really liking Gary Bohannon. Yeah. Um, I think he's doing a great job. I think our do- defense is doing a great job. Um, I do think, like, it, I saw in this game, uh, they seemed tired at the end, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just wonder. But to win a game when you're tired early in the year. Yeah. Against a team that should have won. Right. I guess that's kind of the crazy thing, right, is they were just ranked, like, 
so much higher than us. Like we were not ranked really, yeah. you know. And they were 14. What are we, 21 now? 21, and Oklahoma State's 19. Yeah, I mean, we could win in Stillwater. I just think Stillwater is one of the hardest places to win. Uh, that is what I've heard also, that well, it's obviously just Norman. really hard. But it was like, I do think, like you said, Kansas is not great. Kansas is never really that great at football. But, like, the win was dominant, and they looked great. And, and they made mistakes, and they, like, pulled themselves back from them. Do you know? And that year that Robert Griffin won the Heisman, uh-huh. they almost lost the Kansas game. Really? It's just, you never know. No, yeah. So, okay. Well, congrats, BU football. I'm having fun watching them. We I love you. great sports weekend. Yeah, you did. You said. Packers, Cardinals, Bears, not Badgers. Badgers got slaughtered. Well. They're not good this year. It's a bummer. Okay. Uh, Taylor. Yeah. Um, We're going to do two quizzes, and then we're going to do a commercial break. Two quizzes. First quiz. Which one should we start with? Well, let's explain. So I went to your Sunday school class. Yes. And was competing with the little kids in Bible trivia. I got really into it. (laughs) Yes. We're having a family Sunday school class, for those of you who don't know. And I just wanted you to give me the trivia straight up to see how many I could get. And it's um, very funny. How many questions are there? Well, let's see. Twenty-five. If I don't get nineteen of them correct, I have to resign. Okay. Um, I I think you'll get all of them correct okay. for the record. Okay. The books of the Bible are divided into two main sections. What are they called? Old and New Testament. Old and New okay, Testament. I should probably get twenty-five right. Yeah. <laughs> Name any book in the Old Testament. Genesis. Name any book in the New Testament. In which of these main sections do we find stories about the life of Jesus? The Gospels. Well, the New Testament, but yes. You got, you were too specific. In which of these main sections do we find stories about Moses? Um, The Pentateuch. Yes. What is the first book in the Bible? Genesis. What is the last book in the Bible? How many books are in the Bible? 66. Name one of the four Gospels. Matthew. How would you write the reference? Well, you can't really do this right now because you can't. We don't have writing utensils. Okay. Give it to me anyways. How would you write the reference for a Bible verse that is from the book of Joel, the first chapter and the third verse? Joel 3, 1. Yeah, 1, 3. First book or first chapter? The first chapter and the third verse. Oh, sorry. Yes, 1, 3. Yeah. Okay, one wrong. Okay. I have six more and I'm fired. Yeah. Name a book in the Bible that is a woman's name. Esther. Yeah. Name at least one of the first five books of the Old Testament. You get two points for each book that you correctly name. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Yeah. Um, what is the name we use for the first five books in the Old Testament? Well, the Torah or the Pentateuch. Yeah, both. What is the longest book in the Bible? By length or by chapters? Or by words? Well, I think length. Probably the Psalms? Yes. Name any books in the Bible named for a prophet. You get two points for each book that you correctly name. For a prophet? Named for a prophet, yeah. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Jonah, Micah, Naomi, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Hege, Zechariah, Malachi. Wow. You said so many. Okay. I did the minor prophets and I did Isaiah, Jeremiah. Yeah. <coughs> name any book in the Bible that is a letter written by the Apostle Paul. Thessalonians. You, you get two points. Galatians, Ephesians, each. Philippians, Colossians. Romans. Yes. Although I could give you the disputed and undisputed. Right. Yeah. The six for sures, one Thessalonians, Philippians, Galatians, Romans, one and two Corinthians, 
I think those are the six undisputed. Okay. Name a book in the Bible that has a number in it. A number in the book? Oh, I get you. Yeah. Uh, Second Peter. Great. Nailed it. Um, okay, this is so these are the three point answers. Got it. So these are supposed to be the hardest ones. Okay. What is the last book in the Old Testament? Malachi. Yes. What's the first book in the New Testament? Matthew. Yes. How many Psalms are in the book of Psalms? 150. Nailed it. How many sections are in the Bible? Two. Um, no. Like Pentateuch, like the Pentateuch. Okay. Yeah. Well, then you have Deuteronomistic history. Uh-huh. You have the, well, I don't know if they're treating conquest narratives as well. Yeah, so they're doing a pretty specific thing because we... Okay, conquest narratives. Went through the sections. Then there's wisdom literature. Then there's major uh-huh. prophets and there's minor prophets. Uh-huh. You have gospels, you have epistles, you have pastorals, you have apocalyptic literature. Right. So you have already named many more sections okay. than there are than they would have. Um, which books of the Bible have the numbers one, two, and three as part of them? John. Yes. Name any of these sections for one point each. Oh, you already named all the sections. How many books are in the Old Testament? 39. Yes. How many books are in the New Testament? 27. Yeah. So you nailed it. So I got one wrong. We didn't even ask the... Yeah. Which one did you have? I forgot. Joel 1-3. Oh, yeah. But that was like... 3-1, I said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well... We only asked the... We have a young group. Like, our oldest kids are like second graders, I think. Yeah. So we only asked them the first questions. Okay. So you did a great job, well, thank Josh. You. you would have ruled our Sunday school classroom. I would like that. Okay, okay, now I asked you to give me a second quiz, which is self-congratulatory. Yes. I have memorized all the best picture films, which I'm not going to do the same thing I did with NBA teams. Okay. Because it would take forever. Okay. But I asked you to select 10 at random years, and I will tell you what the best picture was that year. Yes, you Here's did. my only rule. Okay. If you do before 1950, mm-hmm. I get three guesses. Okay. To get around it. That's reasonable. And I also need to know, is No Man Land listed as the best picture of 2020 on your list or 2021? Oh, what a great question. Let me go look. Or really any movie, if you just tell me what year I can It answer. is 2020. Okay. So I have to shave a year off every answer because my list I memorized is 2021. Because they are come out in the year and then they win in the spring. In the fall. next year. Right. So yeah. lists vary. All right. I'm ready. Okay, 2014. Birdman. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, 20, or 2007. 2007? Was that Crash? No. So it came out, oh, seven, right? Uh, I think so. Is it No Country? Yeah. Okay. No Country for Old Men. Okay. Sorry, I got that one wrong. Okay. 95. Um, 95 mm-hmm. would be Braveheart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Babe was nominated. I love that. That's funny. 87, because that's the year I was born. 87 was that. I'm mean, having to do the math. Because I have to, so I said no, so it's 2020, so subtract a year. So it would be the 86 winner on my list. Okay. Was it out of Africa? Mm-mm. Platoon. 
No. Okay, then it's the one in the middle of those. No. I'm, I'm getting those are, by it, those are in order. Out of Africa, Platoon, and then it's this one. Oh, so it was ahead of that? Uh, um, it was Then it was the last emperor. Yeah. So it's the, like that, having to do that is messing you up. So wait, my formula is add one year to your thing. Okay. Does that, yeah. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, now it's clear. Okay. Um, 83. That would be terms of endearment. Yeah. Okay, yes. We've got it now. 72. So 73. Is it the... Godfather? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How many have I done so far? Uh, 67. A man for all seasons? In mm -hmm. the heat of the night? Mm -hmm. In the heat of the night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A man for all seasons is 66. Yep. Um, How many have I done? You've done five. Oh, great. Okay. 75. Was that... So it was 70s. Was it one flew over the cuckoo's nest? Yes. Okay. 84. Amadeus. Yeah. Gold. 96. Oh, 96. That would be English patient. The English patient, yes. Go old ones now. Old ones? That's really where I'm impressive. That's where you're impressive. Okay. 50. Oh, wow, wow, wow. wow. Let's start with fif with 51. Okay, 51. Um, so subtract. Is it an American mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. Paris? Yeah. Okay, uh, let's do 38 so you get three guesses. 38. 37. So I'm going to mumble to myself. These are not my answers, okay? Okay. 40 would have been Gone with the Wind. 39, Casablanca. Uh, 30, 40? You said 37, right? Yes. No, I said, wait. Yeah, I said 38. Um, was it... So 39. Hold on. Okay. Gone with the wind. You can't take it with you? You can't take it with you? Yeah. All right. That is impressive. Um, let's see. Okay, we'll do the last one because well, I think they're probably getting bored now. Okay, last one. I just want, one. as long as people are sufficiently impressed. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, let's say... Uh, 45. Casablanca. Mm -mm. I get three guesses, though. Yes, you do. Um, after Casablanca was Mrs. Miniver? Mm -mm. No? Oh, how green was it? No. Uh, you going my way? Going my way. Well, that's 44. Okay. Casablanca was 43. Oh. Then it was um, the last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Also, do you ever think about like that's like the height of World War Two? I thought about that. Who's that's like how, out there making movies? I you was know what I mean? thinking, yeah. How do you, that's kind of how I 
frame some of my memorizations of what was happening in the world. Uh-huh. So, like, yeah, who had the time to make a movie? To yeah. To? It's kind of crazy yeah. to think about. Okay, well, thanks for doing that. Taylor, guess what time it is? Time for our sponsor. Time for a word from our sponsor. Well, Taylor, guess what? What? I went on vacation. I bought these really nice pair of shorts. I'm embarrassed to say I spent more money on these pair of shorts than I've ever spent on a pair of shorts. Really? But yeah. that's probably not very much money. Well, this was. For oh, me. I mean, it's you. not Kareem expensive, but for me it was expensive. Sure, right, yes. So, um, I, and I, I, I told Lindsay, I'm just going to try these on in case I ever want to buy from this brand. I'll have a, a sense of the size fit. Right, yeah. Well, this is I, like while you're on vacation? Yeah, or I bought them. I put them okay. on. I, I had to have them. Had to have so them. So I bought them. And yeah. then I got home and I thought, you know what? These are a little too big. I okay. really, and I've invested so much. I'm going to see if there's a tailor in town yeah. who can take these in. And boy, did I win big at Tovar Taylors. Tovar Taylors, I was going to say. 2216 Austin Avenue. You can call him up at 254-757-0237. Tovar's so great, he doesn't take yeah. a credit card. Right. So I had to have my $21.60 ready when I paid for him uh-huh. in cash. But my goodness, did Tovar create a seamless experience for me. He's so helpful, I feel. Have you ever used Tovar? I have used Tovar. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I feel like sometimes I'm like, I've gone in before. I've been like, I think this is a little too short or a little too long. And nor, I mean, he does whatever you say, but like he will say like, I think it's the right length. You're probably fine. Like I don't yeah. have to. He's not, he's not trying to get you. Get you. Yeah. It's like a mechanic who says your car's fine. Right. Well, if for all your tailoring needs, Taylor, mm-hmm. okay. please go see Tovar on Austin Avenue across from Pinewood and it was a good turnaround time I mean I didn't give him a prom dress but I got it back in three days oh wow so Tovar Taylors Tovar Taylors and we're back we are back okay I'm gonna read you I read the Richard Rohr daily email as part of my discipleship yeah my my everyday stuff oh that's great okay yeah um he's writing on compassion okay this week Great. We love it. Um, and he's writing about, like, as an extension of meditation and what he does. So he, the thing he wrote this morning, I felt particularly indicted by, in a good way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I want to read it, and I want to have a conversation about it. Let's do it. Okay. He says, a spiritual leader who lacks basic human compassion has almost no power to change other people because people intuitively know he or she does not represent the whole. Mm-hmm. H or W H O L E, mm-hmm. um, and holy one. Such leaders need to rely upon roles, laws, costume, and enforcement powers to affect any change in others. Such change does not go deep, nor does it last. In fact, it does not really change at all. It is mere conformity. Mm-hmm. Well, now if you're an Enneagram three, mm-hmm. that was very hard to hear. Really? Well, because I do notice, and this is the times I feel like a one. I do in my head and my body appeal to what I think is fair so much. Like, that's how I think through things. What you think is fair? Yeah. And, like, I don't get to compassion because I'm like, these people should be doing this. Right. I see. Um, so there's that. And then there's the obvious, um, you know, we know patience is hard for me. And we know compassion is hard for me because I'm feeling repressed. Okay. And then um, I would say that if you ask me, one of my biggest frustrations about being a pastor is I don't feel like I see a lot of change in people. Right. And it's like, well, I read all this. And I'm like, well, golly gee. Well, golly gee. It feels like we might have found the problem. I don't. Sure. Yes. For, for many, many people. 
So here is where my immediate thought went. Okay. And this is instinct of all the problems I have with me. Okay. But I'm like, but what about when you give people compassion and they don't change? Hmm. Then what good does it do? But like, is it our work to change people? Is that our responsibility? Well, for me to give compassion is so exhausting. Yeah. So it's like, if I'm going to make that investment, damn it, we better see something. What do you mean? Like, do you mean in big ways or do you mean like, you know, like the other day I was at La Madeline and I'd ordered my food to go because I didn't want to go in the restaurant or whatever. And like I had ordered the thing I'd ordered. They called me, said, we're bringing you your food. And then 20 minutes later, (laughs) she called me again and was like, sorry, we just realized that one of the things this is 20 minutes later. We just realized that one of the things you ordered is not cooked. We have to put it in the oven. It's going to take 20 more minutes. Like, is that, do you, does that feel like compassion to you? Or does that feel like another thing? Like, what do you, when you talk about compassion? Yeah, that's, that's very helpful because if you consider that compassion, then yeah, I do have some compassion. Right. Um, I think the way I think about that is there are certain things that are worth getting upset about. And that certainly is not one of them. Okay. So you mean more in like interpersonal or like church-based relationships? Yeah, well, you're helping me think about this. Okay. I don't know because, like, here's another silly example. Right. Like, I get so into football games and I get so mad. Right. There was a missed call in the Packer game. Right. Where a player almost got really hurt. Okay. And the, the making the call wouldn't have not made him almost get hurt. But it's like it feels especially devastating when, like, you missed a call that call is to protect players. And then I watched Aaron Rodgers post game interview. And the first thing he said was, um, you know, I, I realized that trying to see those things in real time is really hard. Right. And I was re- really moved by that. I like, right. it reminded me like, gosh, I really need to lead. So I was attracted to that comment. Right. Like, yeah. And I wanted to be that person. Yeah. Um, so I, I connect to some of those things. Mm hmm. Um, I also think like experience is a great teacher, right? Right. So um, I never worked in the restaurant business, but I was a, a bag boy, mm-hmm. a grocery sack putter in her, whatever sure. you call it here. Yeah. And so I know about the strain and the monotony of like low paying work right. that people kind of take for granted. Right. So I think like I can do the algebra and it's not hard for me to cut people slack. Right. You know, a lot of like those. Those kinds of things I don't think bother me. I think when I think of compassion, it's like that thing I was insinuating where I am going to hold emotional space for your brokenness, Uh but that brokenness is never going to get better because you don't actually want to work on it. Hmm. And that's like why I think I was indicted by the thing is like these leaders offer rules and... What about it? I'm like, yeah, I do want rules. Yeah, can you read it again? The whole thing or just that sentence? Uh, maybe the whole thing. A spiritual leader who lacks basic human compassion has almost no power to change other people because people intuitively know he or she does not represent the whole and holy one. Such leaders need to rely, rely upon rules, laws, costume, and enforcement powers to affect any change in others. Such change um, does not go deep, nor does it last. In fact, it does not change at all. It is really conformity yeah 
And I get that. Like, the law doesn't change hearts and doesn't change people. Right. But I want to counter and say, you know what? Sometimes neither does compassion. I think it does. I think it's hard to see where it does. Do you know what I mean? And it's maybe not what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Right? But that, that doesn't mean the person's not changed by it. I think we're all changed when people are, I mean, when people are kind to us. Or like, yeah. you were changed just by watching Aaron Rodgers be yeah. compassionate to someone. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, so, you know, I don't know that it's like necessarily the thing. But then I think, too, part of my, I interrupted you. That's okay. Like with the Aaron Rodgers thing, I don't think that ref tried to miss a call. I think the rest trying to do his best. Yeah. So I can accept failure when I think people are trying to do their best. Sure. But why can't I mean like I think I think a thing that's become important for me is like just as trying trying to assume the best most of the time. That is a discipline that should be worked at, and that's a good point. Like I think most I, well, and I think it's true of most people. Like, they are trying to do their best most of the time. Do you know Were what you I mean? and I talking about the Friday, Light, Friday Night Lights episode where Coach Taylor confronts that other coach? Or no, the other coach interrupts him and says, my wife's dying of cancer. Yeah. We, was that us? Yeah, we were talking that about was, it. Uh, that scene is so powerful. So me. powerful. And also because the guy, like, he knows that he messed up and yeah. he offers an, an apology to Riggins and he... Um, it's kind of like, I mean, I'm going to get fired <laughs> and like all those things. Yeah. And, but he admits this like big thing that he's going through and it is like a very moving scene. Okay. Let me offer you another critique of myself. This has made me realize this. Okay. I sometimes can get to compassion if the other person will first admit their struggle, brokenness, struggle, sin, whatever. Yeah. Like. If I'm in that situation and the guy, as soon as he says all that, all the, the angst just goes out the window. Yeah. But I can't get to that if I don't feel like that guy has owned his complicit behavior or even his explicit behavior in that situation. Yeah. I think that's... Well, that's really like bad. not grace though. Um. N- well, no, but I don't think it's like... But that's like, it's like you you also have to offer compassion to yourself. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You seem uncompelled. No, I was thinking about whether or not I think I do that. Okay. Do you offer yourself compassion? Well, no, not at all ever. <laughs> but um, I try, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's truly maybe be even harder than like, offering it to other people but i find when i'm trying to offer it to myself it feels a little bit easier to offer it to other people too you know so i think it's i think it's hard i th- I don't think it's a like natural human thing compassion yeah i mean i think there are people who experience it naturally a lot easier than other people do but it certainly is not i was talking to someone the other day about like just the count counter culturalness of like christianity and the idea of like 
loving your neighbor and love and, and like I mean loving your enemy and like really the people who are like it's not just the people who are for you and who the people you love but it's like it is everybody that you're supposed to do that to and that yeah. is that is not a human uh, a natural human urge you know I think there's lots of people even people who experience um compassion sort of freely like you know they have a lot of it naturally or whatever that like the love your enemy part of it is like still difficult because it's it doesn't seem it doesn't come naturally to any of us i don't think i think what i'm realizing is i can offer compassion to people i like <laughs> right yeah yeah i think that i think that comes easily comes more easily to all of us than the people. And it's because of that thing I just said. It's like, I already trust because of who they are. Right. That, that they are trying, and that they do know if they messed up. Right. Or that, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have to waste my emotional effort on that part of it. Yeah. Um, I just think of, <laughs> you know, I had a conversation with someone recently, sort of in passing, um, but it just was like they were talking to me about things they'd noticed about the kids ministry and kind of made a bunch of suggestions, not a bunch, a handful of suggestions um, that are all helpful things and all things I've definitely thought about for a thousand minutes every day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I also saw on their face because it involved like um, more people, okay. <laughs> like more volunteers. Yeah. And so I saw on their face that like, Truly, like they said all the things, and then once they got to the end, um, they I could I saw it dawn on them that like what they were suggesting involved more people, and they know that we don't have enough like people and volunteers right now, and so they're kind of like, you know, it just was one of those things that was like as as they were talking, I could tell these were like very earnest, like I I think this could help you type things. Yeah. Um, and they were just saying like, you know, kind of in like a, in case you haven't thought about it, these would sure. be helpful things. And, um, and then as soon as they got done talking, they were like, and I do realize that like all of the, you know, they kind of realize that it's like, I'm not, not doing those things cause they're not good ideas. I'm not doing them because I don't have the people to do that, to execute them. And it, w it was a crazy thing. Cause like, as they were talking, I was pretty annoyed because I was kind of like, of, co of course, I want to do those things. And then as soon as they realized, it was kind of like, I, it, like I felt all the tension kind the of leaving my body. Yeah. yeah. So here's a question. Okay. Does compassion have to be an emotion to be had or can it be embodied? I think it's a, I think of, I think it's a discipline, right? Like it's a choice that See, you See, that's make. helpful for me then. Yeah. Case in point, Lindsay and I were talking about me being present in somebody's life who was in the hospital. Uh -huh. And I just like, I get so anxious and overwhelmed because mm -hmm. I think what I'm imagining when they're saying this is me being next to them in the hospital, not knowing what to do with myself, uh -huh. not knowing how to relate to them. Mm -hmm. But she's like, well, just they like playing games, just play games. I'm like, oh, I could I play, can a game. play a game. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll be glad to do that. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, it's not that I'm not willing to put the effort. It's just like, when I think compassion, I don't know how to put the effort that I don't understand. Yeah. Well, and I think what it is, right? Also, I think a thing 
that it is, it's like you have, that it involves trusting. I, I, I think this is true that compassion involves trusting the other person that they're going to understand or do their best to be like, I know that person is like trying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so maybe, I mean, I think mostly people just feel glad if someone, you know, if someone's there with them or something like that. Yeah. But it's also like, you know, that that that's the choice they make, you know, instead of being like, well, and that they know who we are also. I think it does involve relationship in a lot of ways, you know, so it's like, you know, nobody's expecting someone you know someone who visits them in the hospital to also be like a medical medical advocate for them mm. unless it's like that's what they're supposed to be doing or whatever you know what i mean it's like enough that you're that you showed up and that you tried yeah so here's what i am wondering about like i read the roar quote mm-hmm. and i feel phony because mm-hmm. i know like i don't feel like i have the emotional thing in me Mm-hmm. And I, f- I feel like I know what he's talking about. I've been around people who are compassion, mm-hmm. and I have felt whole, more whole because of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I can't offer that. It's like, do you think it's about working at it until those things grow in you, or do you think it's about? <laughs> I don't know why I'm not an expert on compassion, so this is very. Well, you're funny. a two, though. I am a two. That's what you're like leaps and bounds ahead of me. <laughs> okay. I mean, um, if I were to pick a number on the Instagram to go, help me think about compassion, I'd pick a two. Right, yeah. That makes sense. Because even if I didn't think they were compassionate, I think they would know how to articulate the experience of compassion. It. Right. Um, okay, what was your question? Do you think it's well, like Well, do you think you it's like, it is like, can you work at it and then become more compassionate? I think so. I think it's like anything else. You know, like you, if you are trying to, like I said, I think it's a discipline. It's a muscle that you choose to use. And the more that you use it, the more naturally that it comes. Or like the stronger it gets. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? What? Because I was thinking about why don't I do compassion? Because I can't see any results. It's not productive. Like that's my three thoughts. I think about when I did an interview with Carrie on anger. Uh-huh. And I was talking about the productivity of anger, and she said, "Well, it depends what you're, what's productive, and like right. for some people, getting to have the emotion is validating, right? Um, and that I think it's probably with compassion too. That's something similar at work there. Yes. Well, right. Exactly. Yeah. I think I'm not. You know, we we I'm certainly not like a forward thinking person, like. And so to me, it's like, what is the thing to be in this moment? Compassionate. Mm. But, and I also think it's like, you know, like we talked about those silly things earlier. It's like, if you can start there, like, if I can, and also it's like, um, there's a million things going on right now, obviously. I went to Chili's with some friends last week, and it truly was an insane experience because. Did you say Chili's? I did say Chili's. So you still one in Waco? Yeah. Where? Right by the highway. Across from the like big H-E-B. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But um, the girl came out. We had to wait for... I mean, it was clearly... It was clear that there was like nobody there to work. Like they, ha- they were very understaffed. And 
the restaurant was empty and they still were kind of like you gotta wait for 20 minutes and then the girl came out and was like i am so sorry um but there is like a um like we can work on getting a table for you guys there is a table open right now but there is a baby at it um so i don't know if you guys would be really bothered by that i'm so sorry like she's just like apologizing there was a table open for you there was a baby at it though no the baby sorry the baby was at the like next table oh like it has a baby next to it oh and then she just kept being like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and we were all kind of like (laughs) what are you sorry for yeah and yes of course we will sit at the table next to the baby and she was like okay thank you so much like we've had a lot of people complaining because we sit seat them at tables next to babies and i was just like what in the world is happening that that's what's hmm. that that's what's going on do you know what i mean and it's just is like and so then it's like i'm conscious of like this seems like a high stress situation for these people even though you know that's not normally what you think about people working at chili's that it's like yeah. a high tension well, thing it is there it is it's about experience yeah. I was thinking, I flew back from San Francisco one time, uh-huh. and I sat next to a couple, so there's three seats, uh-huh. and they had an infant, uh-huh. and I cried the whole way, uh-huh. and they apologized, and like after the third time, I'm like, look, at the time we had three kids, I, had, yeah. I have three kids at home under, you don't need to worry about it. Like, right. I get it. I get it. But had I been a single guy still, I probably would have been annoyed. Yeah. Yeah, I think some of it's life so experience. So maybe you can grow compassion. Yes, right. Well, you. I mean, like, seems like you certainly did. You know, if it had been five years earlier or whatever. Because like. then, in that moment, what I'm imagining is me sitting in there having right. the kid. Yeah. And how I would want people to act towards me. Well, and I think that's it, right? It's like, I think that's part of it. If like, if you can assume people are doing the best, and if when someone's getting on your nerves, you can imagine like, what are they experiencing? I think that is helpful, and like growing that growing that piece of like being able to and also i think assuming the best is a really big piece of it but what about the pros who don't need the experience to have the compassion right Lindsay's so much better compassion than i am um i mean i think that is a great gift that doesn't mean that other people you know just because someone's better at you than some better at something than you doesn't mean that you don't try Sometimes, I mean, like, you know, it's like, I'm never going to try to be a graphic designer or something like that. But that's not, this isn't like that, you know? Yeah. And it reminds me of teaching. I mean, speaking of Lindsay, it reminds me of teaching. Like, um, I, uh, I remember learning pretty on and pretty early on in my teaching career that like, um, just sort of observe observationally. That if I had implemented a rule because another teacher, I'd seen them use it in their classroom and it like worked really well. Um, but if I didn't actually care about it, they, they, they could tell like almost immediately um, within the first couple of weeks. They knew which rules they couldn't break in my classroom because they would get in trouble and which rules... Um, they could because I didn't actually care about them. I'd like implemented them because right. of someone else's success with them. And so I think some of it is like, uh, you know, when you're talking about le- being a leader, um, it's some of it is just like authenticity of self. Do you know what I mean? Like people can tell. 
Uh, and honestly, kids are like really good at telling things like that. I think we sort of, it's like a skill we grew out of as adults almost. I don't know why. Um, but like, you know, not trying to implement control in ways that are like, um, that are fake or that like you don't actually care about. Do you know what I mean? Or like not, um, which I think at UBC, I don't know that we have much of doing that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it just is like, um, you know, one of those like phrases that went around a lot in teaching was like, they don't care what you know until they know what you, that you care. Yeah. You know, and I do think it's like that's one of those like cheesy wall poster lines yeah, or whatever. That's true, though. But also, it's like I think that's how people are. Like, why should they invest in you and what you're, you know, saying, selling, doing, whatever, you know, until they know, you know, they know that you actually care about them and it's not just. It's why people make fun of those like <laughs> girl bossy, like, um, MLM like Facebook messages that are like hey girl I've been thinking about you a lot like I have this business opportunity for you and it's uh, like no you don't and you don't you haven't been thinking about me do you know what I mean like right. um, just because there is this, this other motivate you like know that there is this other motivation yeah. that it's kind of like well that's not really this is not really a relational situation so yeah so a lot of wheels turning. Yeah, I, I just said a bunch of very, like, different things, I feel. I meant for me, but... Oh. That's in good ways? What are you, yeah. What are you thinking? Well, I was thinking of specific examples that I don't want to say in the air. But oh, okay. I want to talk to you after we hang up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, unpack more. Um, well, listeners, we're at an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Um, thanks for tuning in to another week of, it was either this or, make sure you hit up Tovers for your tailoring needs. Truly. And um, why don't you go take a gander at the uh, best pictures list and see how you might do if you took that quiz. All right. Well, and send us your thoughts on compassion. What yeah. didn't we talk about that you would like to say? Yeah, let us know. All right. You guys are the best. 